speak to us. I pray you'd help me to preach, Lord. I pray you'd help me to, to focus this morning. Lord, you know I, <coughs> I've taken uh, some things to help me uh, be able to speak, and, and uh, so I, I pray that I would uh, cut through that fog, or you would. And I'd preach well. I'd preach your word with power and authority. I pray you'd help us, help us to hear, understand, and obey. Not only you plow our heart for the Easter season, but you would remind us of, of why it's so important and help me. Help me not to just uh, be a trope because of the season, and may instead I be your messenger preaching your word. And so I have to ask you to do this. Father, if there's people here that don't know you as Lord and Savior, I ask you that today that they would understand what it means to be forgiven of their sins. If there are people here today who've never been baptized, and they need to take that next step of obedience. I pray they would. If there are folks that are here, and they just need to formalize. They, they need to, this is the place where they want to hang their hat. This is the place they need to serve, and, and they want to jump in. Lord, even today, help us to respond to the message appropriately. For we love you and we need you. We ask it in your son Jesus' name, and amen. Amen. You be seated. Be seated. Let's make sure we're uh, recording. And uh, Jonathan, when you come and sit down, would you make sure that's recording as well, if you don't mind? And uh, so, so I, have, I have just an expression for you. I have the name of a business, and I need you to help me if you don't know what it is. And I started over here last time. I started over here this time. Start over here. If I say these words, you know what they are. If I say Chuck E. Cheese, Chuck E. Cheese. How many of you recognize Chuck E. Cheese? I got one. I got two. I got three. I got three. I got three. You, you didn't go check. All right, four. I got four. I got four, five. All right, it's the world's worst auction over here. All right, yeah. All right, Chuck E. Cheese over here. Brother Odell, you're a good man. You don't know it. Bless your heart. And, uh, yeah, maybe, all right, five. Six, all right, so, so most of you knew it. What about here in the middle? Over here in the middle. Cassie, you are rose among thorns. You realize you're the only female in that whole section? So you got a lot to live up to. Be dainty. And uh, all right, so over here, all right, all right, most, all right, so there you go. Chuck E. Cheese is a blessing for children. It is a great place for grandchildren. And it, and it is the end of the road for adults. Man, it's just, it is just a tough place. I didn't grow up. I, I, if I saw one on TV, I didn't know it. But, but our kids were along before I ever, I think I ever discovered one. I may have seen a, a copycat or something like that. But, uh, but we took our kids one time full of excitement thinking we would have a cheap, inexpensive few moments there. And an hour later, we're pulling kids out, screaming and crying and, and upset. And it smells like burnt pizza. And the floor is sticky. And there's anthropomorphic rodent running around scaring everybody. And, and all these kind of things. And that insult to injury, let's go, if you go in there, you give them your money, and they give you tokens, John, that you can't use anywhere else but at Chuck E. Cheese. Chuck E. Cheese. And so you feel like you need to spend all those tokens, otherwise you've wasted your money. And so, so, so we've got all these things going on. We went in the first time, and our kids are like, can we go back? I said, we ain't got to the car yet. Uh, what, what, what do you mean? And, and then their friends would talk about things. They'd say, say, we got good grades. And so our parents took us to Chuck E. Cheese. It was a birthday. Oh, man, just, just, it was close to a church, wasn't too far from where we lived in Goldsboro. And as the kids were coming along. And so I'm, I'm frugal. I'm frugal. Brother Adrian, that means I'm frugal. And, man, there's got to be a way to beat this system. And so I found out in the Sunday paper, Sunday paper, they had coupons for Chuck E. Cheese. And so if you took the coupon in, you could get more tokens for less money. Less money. So I took in one of those and gave them a $20 or $25. And I got, I got just all kinds of tokens, all kinds of tokens. And my kids saw it, and they're like, we are the richest people God has ever made. 
and uh, these tokens are for us. And so we did that like once, and uh, no matter how fast they spent them, we were still there forever, and we didn't have anything to show for it. And so the next time we went with a coupon, we went, and we went in with a Ziploc bag. Somebody nod your head if you're following me. We went in a Ziploc bag, and we handed them our money, and we got the extra tokens, and we took out about a third or fourth of them. We put them in the little cups for our children, and we put the rest of them in the bag. We put the rest of them in the bag, because I was going to get several visits out of this. And so we put them in the bag, and we put them in the, uh, put them in the pocket, or Roger put them in a purse. We just walked around jingling, jingling. And so we walk around jingling, and so the kids finished, and they turned their cups up. And I was like, well, you used all your tokens. We got to go. We got to go. Okay. And so they come back the next time, or they'd have a bad day at school. We said, all right, we'll run by Chuck E. T. We reach in the bag. We kept the bag in the van. And we get the bag in the van. We grab a handful of tokens. We take them out. And so I was pretty sure I was beating the system. Now, understand, Chuck E. Cheese always won. They always won. No matter how this worked, they always won. They always won because I'd given them a thing. I couldn't do anything else with them but spend them. That was, that was, that was it. That was it. And, and we accidentally got our kids hooked on this. Got our kids hooked on it. Hey, we did a good thing. Hey, we had a bad day at school. Hey, I got to go to a report card. Uh, hey, it's my birthday. You know, we got to go over here to the strip mall and, uh, and get out and hopefully not get accosted by, by someone, get into the Jug E. Cheese and uh, smell the burnt pizza and, uh, and do these kind of things. As much as I'm having a little fun here, we understand there are times when you feel like, man, this is just rigged. This system is not exactly. Some of you have been working on your taxes and getting ready for IRS date, and you're going, I don't care how sharp my pencil is. I am not going to win at this operation. And what had happened, when we, inter- we uh, find ourselves here, is that Jesus, about three years, three and a half years earlier, He'd come into the temple. He'd come into the temple. John's gospel records for us there. He'd come into the temple <coughs> in uh, John chapter 2. He fashions a cord. He runs them out. He flips things over. Why? Because they had set up there in the court of the Gentiles, this outer court, and they had basically said, you have to use our animals. You've got to use these things. There's no sacrifice like a sacrifice you buy right at the temple. And then they jacked up the prices, and then they said, hey, and the Roman money that everybody had wasn't any good. you got to use our temple coins. And it's not a fair rate of exchange. Oh, no, 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 we're going to make bank on this. And so everywhere spread out. And so Jesus had just really shown himself that it was his house to start with. And it lasted for a moment, but it's three, three-plus years later, and they've set back up shop again. And here he comes. And he says, nope. And it just summarizes. It says he drove them, drove them out and cast them out that sold therein. What's he suggesting to us? He's not, he's not just suggesting that you can't, you can't do anything, anything at all there in the temple. Again, best we can figure, or in, in a, on church property or something like that. Again, best we understand this is either Monday or Tuesday that's going on in this Passion Week. Probably, probably Monday <coughs> that's there. He's already been, he's already come in. We've already sang Hosanna to him. They've laid down their clothes and their branches, their coats and the branches. But he's trying to establish something. He's trying to establish it's his house. The church, the temple, the worship, it's his. It's his. It's not what everybody else says it is. Not what everybody else wants to do to it. Belongs to him. Belongs to him. He's the one who's going to die for it. He's the one who's going to take care of it. 
of all people, of all people, Karl Marx said, if you want to understand the nature of any structure, try and change it. And Jesus is saying, you're not doing this the way it's supposed to be done. My house is supposed to be like this. You've made it like this. And I'm telling you, I'm not happy, and I'm not pleased with it. And what do they do? Read down to verse 48. They align, the Pharisees and Sadducees who didn't get along, the zealots are going to come along behind them. And again, they're going to they're holler out, hey, give us back Barabbas. And, uh, and they're going to do those things. Uh, they're going to join the Pharisees, and these groups are aligned. He's got to go because we are losing control. He has got to die. He's got to die. It is his house. Make no mistake about it. When we talk about Easter, we talk about the crucifixion, we talk about the gospel, we talk about the Bible. There are folks who will fight you and I tooth and nail to keep religiosity, to keep legalism, to keep works, whatever it is, all of these kind of things. And, man, it is so discouraging. Well, you've got to do this, and you've got to do that, and you've got to do the other. You've got to do the other. You know, it's it's amazing thing to me, amazing thing to me. Some of you have traveled and stuff, and you'll be with someone, and it's obvious to them that they're of a particular religious sect, and they'll wait for someone to get on an elevator because pushing the button on an elevator is considered work, and they can't do that. And they're so skittish about things. <coughs> you travel overseas, and you see all the different things, and the people who are impressing the works and the, and the, and the, and the rigidity of, of man-made stuff, and all of a sudden there is this huge pushback that comes. One writer said it like this, the scribes and the Pharisees had turned the true worship of God into endless legalism and mind-numbing, unable-to-follow rules. The law was to show us that we're lawbreakers. The law was to show us that we could not keep it, could not keep it. But there was one who would come who would perfectly keep the law and who perfectly satisfy God's demands of perfection and then give himself on the cross for us. That was the hope that they all looked forward to, that I can only be justified by faith, not by works, not by this other, not by getting with, not by attending a class, not by being circumcised, not by any other thing. And, and we see all of that, and, man, there's this huge pushback that comes. And that Jesus is going, he's beginning, beginning to experience it's there. Look at those verses there. I think I may have given them to you. Isaiah 56, 7 and Jeremiah 7, 11. Isaiah 56, 7, the Bible says, Even then will I bring them a holy mountain and make them joyful in the house of prayer. Their burnt offerings, their sacrifice will be accepted upon my altar. For my house shall be called a house of prayer. What's it say? For all people. Jews were never meant to be insular. Look right at me. They were separated to do what? To be evangelistic. You are to be blessing everyone. That's why I say, again, I, I, I have to fight. So anybody here have to fight your, uh, anybody here have to fight, uh, your own self? Any, any, anybody besides me? Man, I, I get so fired up about all the, all the stuff out there. I get so wound up in... I get so wound up what people who should know better doing to children, doing to teenagers. I want to put my foot through the TV. And then I remember, I remember that's, that's how I watch my reruns. And, uh, man, I don't know how I'm a, if I don't, can't, I can't watch Bugs Bunny, uh, you know. And uh, I don't want to watch on the little screen. And, you know, I'm, I'm joking here. But I'm not, I'm not interested in hating those people. But I'm interested in introducing them to Jesus. 
Because if they can get them to Jesus, I'm not taking my marching orders from cable TV. I cannot do that. I cannot get fomented and hate those people, man. I've got to understand, man, I get to love those people. I get to love my neighbor as myself. And if Jesus changed me, he can change them. Somebody say amen to that. And when we're looking at this here, we see this and we, we understand this. We understand we, we would miss our calling if we don't get that Jeremiah 7, 11, in this house, which is called by my name, is this house, become a den or a cave of robbers in your eyes. Behold, I have seen it, saith the Lord, all these folks that are there. The rabbis had said, if the law is good, our law is going to be better. They took 613 best estimates of the Old Testament rules and regulation. In fact, if you go to 613, I think it's still.org, you can go and you can see them all listed out. Some of them had to do with uh, property. Some had to do with agriculture, different things like that. But they took all those and they kept adding to them. Religion is the endless uh, pursuit of the unattainable. It always is. Some of the most miserable people in the world sit on a pew in a church on a Saturday or Sunday, never able to understand that the just, the justified, live by faith. That Christ has paid the penalty for their sins. And some of you, there's three or four of you, you can't even stand the expression religion because you know that it just condemns and it grinds. And then you start to make your own rules that you can live up to and then you judge everybody else out of your experience instead of the freedom that is the gospel. That you can be saved and forgiven and right with God. So he's here. And he is setting up. He is on the way to the cross. Let me give you two or three things and then a couple of things to take with you. You still with me? You with me? You with me? All right. Look here. Number one, Jesus cleansed his house. <laughs> Jesus cleansed his house. I, I've, been, I've been stuck. <clears throat> i give you both of those so you can write. I've, I've been stuck here. I don't know. I've been stuck here for a week, maybe more. I started, I started off dumb. started off dumb. Um, thinking about this wrong. I started off thinking um, when if Jesus came to if Jesus came to our church, and I thought, how, how silly am I? Jesus is in our church, amen. Jesus is everywhere present. Somebody say amen. Whether we acknowledge His presence is on us, but Jesus is here. So then I started thinking, what, what, what would Jesus think about our church? What does Jesus think about our church? What does Jesus think about? And then I got it, finally got it straight. What does Jesus think about, hey, his church? What would he think about our ignoring scripture? What would he think about our lack of prayer? What do you think about our lack of devotion? What would he think about the fact that we, when we don't sing, when we, when we rob God, what would he think about? What would he think about when we don't care about his name in the community? What would he think? What does he think? If we could hear him today, would he get the court out? Or would he get the commendation out? Would he flip over things? Or would he say, say I'm, I'm so pleased with you and I'm so glad for you. And I want you to catch something here. I want you to catch something. Jesus cleanses his house. Jesus is not mad at the unsaved. He is not mad at the unrighteous. True, the matter is part of what he's doing here is because they're making it so hard for the Gentiles to come to God. And the religious people are standing in the way of other folks coming to Christ. Man, he is not happy. He cleansed his house. He cleansed his house. <clears throat> 
a fringe benefit of mine of not really growing up in church. I ne- again, I, I said this before, I never went to a junior church till I helped in one. <coughs> is I, I very rarely get bored with anything. Inside. It's, still, it's still interesting to me. Um, didn't mean I've never been sleepy in a service. I've been sleepy before. I've been sleepy. And uh, I've taken a pencil and jabbed at my leg. <coughs> I've, taken, I've taken a knife and thought I was jabbing at my leg, and then I realized I'd cut my pants. That was hard to explain. And, uh, you know, I, I've, I've, been, I've been sleepy before. I've not slept well. Now. But, man, man, the thought we get together and do this, I've gotten to travel, be other places, man, and see other believers worship the Lord. Man, what a thing that it is his house. And Jesus starts off there. Jesus, secondly, he clarifies the purpose of his house. You have done this. My house is to be a house of prayer. You have done this and turned it to a den of thieves. He further clarifies it by what? Because he starts teaching daily in the temple. There is the activity, and then there is the, excuse me, and then there is the curricula that he exposes. Wait for it right here for a second. If we're not real careful, we'll, we'll get just as bad off as they are. We'll confuse the form over the function. Nod your head if you understand that. <coughs> you can, you can eat steak with a spoon. Nod your head if you're still listening to the preacher. The point is to get the steak in your goozle and in your belly. Everybody with me? Right? I suppose you could eat pizza with, with, two, with two straws and use them like chopsticks. I wouldn't recommend it. But you might could get by with it, right? You ever been, you ever been just, you had all the only thing you had was a fork. You needed a knife, but the fork became everything. And after a while, you just gave up, and you stabbed whatever it was, and you just picked it up, and you just started chewing and gnawing and just kept turning it like it was on a spit, right? The point was to eat. Form over function. Now, form's important, right? I grew up, my mom's from Bermuda. We put our napkin in her lap. I can eat with, I can eat with three forks and two spoons and two knives. And I'll stick my pinky out if I need to. I can do all that. My dad grew up on a farm in eastern North Carolina. Dad would wipe his mouth, burp real loud, and that was the way of announcing to the cook that it was a good meal. It was like, it was like a different universe every day at dinner. And, uh, and so I tell people I grew up multiculturally. Dad would watch, Mom would watch a Lawrence Welk show. Dad would watch Hee Haw. My brother and I just stayed confused. And uh, those of you who don't understand that, you can Google both of those. And uh, not during the service. We can't confuse that. Our building set, our, this room set up like a high school auditorium. Everything points up here. <coughs> we could have it all turned. We could have it all turned. We could have a, we could have a relief of a cross and an empty tomb. And everybody come in. Hey, spend the first 10 minutes meditating on the fact that Jesus died Jesus rose again. <coughs> The church ought to leave in a little while and go out and love our neighbor and give the gospel and disciple people and love their family and invite folks. Everybody understand that? If the only thing the church does is get here and hope that the preacher's got something good to say, we're mistaking form and function. And they not only mistook that, man, they went crazy with it. Jesus clarified the purpose of the house. You're making it hard for the Gentiles to get saved. You're confusing the Jews. 
you are elevating yourselves, you are adding to the scriptures, and you are not doing the bare minimum of what you are supposed to do. There's no way to get to Easter till we get some of this stuff straight. No way to really understand it. He clarified. He, he, did what? he taught the scriptures. He taught the scriptures. In daily. In daily he did this. He, he, he preached the scriptures to them. Preached the scriptures to them. Let me look back. Verse 47. He taught daily in the temple. Over and over and over again. I like stories. I like having fun. Truth of the matter is, I have to rein it in. If you think i got to rein in, talking about uh, national and current events and, and political wickedness and all those kind of things, man, I have to rein in because I like a good story and I like feedback. And you all like good stories and feedback too because you smile and you pay attention. If I'm just preaching straight, everybody looks down at their paper and goes to sleep and it hurts my feelings and I get upset. And then I have to go journal about it. I don't do any of those things. Anyway, <coughs> and so, so when, when we're here, He's doing this. The scriptures. Scriptures. You look on the back of the program that you came in with or the back of the monthly newsletter came in with. And again, if your birthday is on there, it's just an accident. If you'll slip me a piece of paper, text me, we'll get it on the sheet, and it'll be, it'll be fine. We just don't have it for some reason. Back of that, we are unashamedly a Bible church. That doesn't mean we're non-denomination. That doesn't mean we're hiding anything. I just want it out there in front. <clears throat> and this is it. And if you're coming here, we're emphasizing Jesus and the scriptures. I mean, we're a Bible church, Bible church. I'm, I'm, I got preferences, I got convictions, I got, man, I, but I'm, and again, and we're going to be real soft, real soft on elevating people. We're going to do our best to elevate Jesus, right? Because in what Jesus doing, I mean, he's teaching the scriptures. The psalmist said he'd elevated the word above his name. What are we to be about this? Man, I left yesterday morning. <clears throat> college guys, man, they're walking through the attributes of God, looking at the different scriptures and references there. Man, they're talking about the perfection of God. We all walked away going, man, we don't understand this, but we feel the need to get down on our face and worship the Lord. From group before that, man, they've been walking through. They're in Leviticus. They're looking at all these things, and God stretching and sketching it out. This is what I expect. This is what I demand. This is what I command. And we see those long shadows pointing to the cross. I got done with that, man. My heart's so full. These folks, man, they're investing in the Word, and God is changing their lives. And Thursday morning, and we were there, and I was just listening. I'm going, man, that's so much better than what I wrote down. Man, that's so much better. I never even thought about that. Look at what God's doing in our lives. Why? Because that's what we're to be about, in the Word, in us, and us in the Word, and God changing our lives and changing other people's lives, by the way. Through that, he taught the Scripture, number four. People hung on his words, and the religious people hated him. They sought how they could take care of him, but everybody was there. <coughs> everybody was there. Let me give you the, let me give you the exact thing. He said they hung upon him. <coughs> hung upon him. They hung upon him with their lips. With their lips. Brother Adrian, uh, you're, at, uh, you're helping out some at uh, KCS. Okay, KCS. KCS and, and Bill, you're in a mastermind. Mastermind kind of thing. And I was trying to think. Some of, some of, uh, you guys do some stuff on Zoom and stuff like that. I think who and who are all speaks speak publicly. Maybe some more of you do some public speaking, some different things. So, and everybody who's doing any public speaking, if, if you got the mic on you, if you're doing one of the Brady box, uh, Brady uh, Brady family things, you know, and you got the boxes up there, you want everybody to do this. You want everybody lean in. Man, if they lean in, that's good. If they lean back, lean back. You got to work harder. <laughs> but if they lean in, they lean in. 
You're talking to young people, and they put their cell phone down, man. It's good, right? It's good. You lean in. Lean in. Leaning back or smirking, and you got more work to do. But lean in. He says the people, the multitude, did what? Now wait for it. If I understand it, Jesus is sitting. It was the normal custom. They're standing. Get the picture. All these folks, as quiet as they can be. What's he going to say next? What's he going to say next? Jesus was teaching. Spirit teaches us now, illuminates the scripture for us. And they hated him. They hated him. Somewhere we got convinced, Brother Glassby, I don't know when. It's been, been in my lifetime. That if we got to do, we got to have all kind of stuff. I think we ought to always be ready for guests. I think we always would love to. I, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't miss any of that. I don't say any of that. But nothing's going to change anybody's life apart from the Scripture and the Spirit of God. Nothing. <coughs> I can be as kind as I want to be. We can hand out $100 bills on Easter Saturday. And that's, that'll help some folks out for a minute, but that's not going to change your life. You want to change your life, man. They got to come face to face with the Word of God and the Spirit of God, presenting to them the Son of God, and they get convicted. And then all of a sudden, man, God changes their life and they become a child of God. That's what changes their life. And Jesus is doing this. And the religious people hate him. The Sadducees, they denied the resurrection. The Pharisees, they were trying to be in charge. They were all in league with the Romans. They're even going to say this a little later on, or excuse me, earlier, when Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead. What do they say? They get together and they say, we are going to lose our part if we don't take care of this man. We will lose our place. John 11, verse 48. The Romans will come away. And we'll lose our income, our side income, and we will lose the standing that we have. Verse chapter 12, verse 9, they do what? They are ready to kill him. They're ready to kill him. Everybody loves Jesus. Baloney. Everybody's real good people. Baloney. Religious people like the Jesus of the Bible. Not so. Not so. Let me give you a few takeaways. I'm done. You still with me? Let me say amen. All right. Number one. Number one. Here we go. <coughs> Number one, the church is his. The church is his. The church is his. God save us from egomaniacs in the church. Somebody say amen to that. Church is his. He gets to set the mission. He gets to set the tone. It's his. It's his. It's his. Now, I like saying our church. You know why? Because that, that's us. We're buying. It's our church, right? It's our church. In fact, if you ever say your church to me, I correct you pretty quickly. You know, not my church, it's our church. It's our church. Our church. Those weeds out there, they're our weeds, not my weeds. They're our weeds. And they're our weeds. They're our weeds. A diaper pail in the back. Uh, our diaper pail. And uh, it's our diaper pail. It's, it's his. It's his. I get to give to the Lord through his church. I get to serve the Lord through his church. I get to do for the Lord and love people. I get to do all these things to the Lord through his church. It's his, it is his church. And he gets to say what's important. He gets to say how it's supposed to be run. He gets to say all those things. I'm not, I'm not remotely interested in standing before God one day and saying, well, Lord, you know, I know what you said, but I just tried it a little different. I'm not, I'm not interested in that. Anybody interested in that? You may think that's kind of a foolish thing to do. It's his church. It's his church. The church is his. The church is his. The church is his. 
When I read about folks covering up sin and all this kind of stuff in church, man, I'm going, man, what, what in the world are you thinking? You're not supposed to do that. Man, in church belongs to him. You letting folks get away with doing stuff to kids and all these kind of things, man, I want to scream. I want to get in the car and drive somewhere. Shout real loud. Be angry. No, it's his. Belongs to him. It belongs to him, number two. Religious people hate the Jesus Bibles. Have, do, will. Religious people. They like the Jesus of their mind, but they're not real crazy about the Jesus of the Bible. You just don't. You be real careful when anybody starts to sense, well, my Jesus would. Well, you're not entitled to your version of Jesus. Not as authoritative. Well, the way I read the Bible, again, I'm, I understand. I think, you know, you're trying to be empathetic, but you, you're not entitled. It's like saying my truth. Again, those of you who are new here, anybody says my truth around me, if I have a two-by-four, I'm coming. I hate that expression. That's such a dumb thing we've done in public school. These people, you can have your truth. You can't have your truth. There's the truth. Two plus two is not purple. Um, it is. <coughs> and again, you can identify whatever you want, but if you go out and you sleep in, sleep in one of the Sleep in one of the parking spots overnight. You are not going to wake up as a Volkswagen. I don't care how you say and what you say. You are who you are. You are who God created you. The religious people, man, they hate the Scripture. They hate the Jesus of the Bible. They hate the Jesus of the Bible. And they want to warp it. They want to twist it. And you be real careful. You be real careful. Folks adding to it or they're taking away from it. And they don't like the Christ of Scripture. Oh, Christ of Scripture. Well, Jesus is this and Jesus is that. The fellow from up north the, who would never recant, by the way, would not recant, and, and you know, and tried to propose this preposterous thing that Jesus was a, that Jesus was a was a pansexual or transsexual, and, and he kept going down the road based off a French guy's painting, not off the scripture. And he doubled down and said, My opinion is as good as anybody else's. And man, that was just this blast that anybody dared to come after him. And I'm going. Won't you understand me? You're following the line of the Sadducees and the Pharisees, and you do not like the Jesus that you see in the Scripture. You only want the Jesus that's in your mind. Everybody, all good people go to heaven. It's not the Jesus Scripture. Straight is the way, narrow is the gate, leads life everlasting. Few there be that find it. <clears throat> no man who love a father and mother more than me is worthy of me, or love a son or daughter cannot... It cannot come after me, cannot, it will not follow me. Jesus sets the standard so high. That's the Jesus of the Bible, number three. Number three. And we, we've, got to get, we've got to stop putting up barriers for people to get Jesus. Got to stop putting up barriers for people to get Jesus. I want people to vote right, but I want them to get right with Jesus first. People get right with Jesus, they'll vote better. I want people to work hard and not steal from the neighbor. They steal from the neighbor because they're lost. They get right with God. They'll quit stealing from, a from their neighbor. Somebody say, amen, do you believe that? Huh? Man, we got to quit putting up barriers. I said it, I said it the other day, you know. <coughs> somebody asked me when I was going to start wearing skinny jeans. I said, you mean blood pressure cuffs? If I really thought, if I, if I was to whatever, change my attire, that more people would get saved. I, I, I'd have to think about it. It, it was a non-essential kind of thing. Somebody said, were well, you really stuffy? I'm, I'm just really comfortable wearing coat and tie. I've always worn coat and tie. I don't even think about it. I mean, I, I'm not trying to make anybody feel bad who's not dressed up 
a little more formally. I, I don't. I don't think about it. I don't think about it. I've been other places, man, where it's 110 degrees, and they said I needed to wear a coat and tie, and I about had a heat stroke. And uh, I, I don't. That, that's that's like saying somebody needs to comb their hair really good when they're going to the ER. Okay, if you go fix your hair, you can come in. No, I want. I want to. I want to help people. See what they're doing here is. They're running this con and this scheme, and they're bilking people. And they're making it really hard because the Gentiles know they're getting robbed. Wait for it. And it was to be a place of prayer for all people. We were supposed to be able to come and hear the word and get saved and worship correctly. I'm just surrounded by evil people. Instead of looking at it, instead of looking at it as a punishment, why don't you look at it as an opportunity? God's allowed me to be a missionary to all these lost people I work with or in my neighborhood. And I'm not gonna, they're not gonna stumble over me. Jesus said, You're doing all this cleaned it out, and then he did what? He starts preaching to all the people. Because of what he's doing, he's on his way to the cross. He's about to bleed and die for every man, woman, boy, and girl that's ever going to live, ever going to be born, and pay the penalty for their sins. And he is what? He's preaching in the Old Testament. He's talking to him about himself. Talking to himself. God help us not to put up barriers for people. Let me give you the big barrier, and I'm done right here. The big barrier is they are too fill-in-the-blank to ever come to Jesus. Remind you, that wasn't true for you. That wasn't true for you. Who you grab by the hand help them get to Jesus. We push past the money changers and the folks selling the stuff with the jacked up prices. Who, who you know, it's Jesus. Who you go? Let me tell you about a man who never sinned. Who died for all of mankind and who rose again. And he loves you just where you are. He's interested in changing your life. Truth of the matter, he's the only one who can. It's his house. He gets to say what's important. He gets to say what goes on. And he reminds us we are not to be obstacles. Instead, we're to be inviters, bringers, heralds, proclaimers, evangelists, telling the world, Jesus has got a message for you about himself. Would you pray with me? <coughs> Father, thank you. Thank you that you <coughs> thank you that you're so good to us. Thank you that you died on the cross for our sins. Thank you that you love us. And Lord, thank you for the Easter season. Father, help us. May we even we tune our hearts right now. May right now we say, Lord, help me to worship you in these next weeks. And we do our best, Lord, that we 
we'll be free and available. We'll not just start bringing candy, we'll start bringing people. That we'll set our minds and our hearts that we, we want to see your house full for your glory. Not just for a number, not just for the contacts, but, but to introduce people to you. Maybe we're here and we're thinking, we're thinking, well, that